Welcome back to the Ohio State's Pick Show on the podcast. Doug Lamarice, Bill Landis, Austin Ward making picks for Ohio State at Wisconsin on Saturday night. The Buckeyes, are they favored? Do you guys know? Uh, yeah, they are. They're favored by 14 and a half, Doug. Buckeyes are favored. Wow. How about that? That's good news for Ryan Day. Like a lot of respect for the program. You know, you're going into Madison, but like, hey, we think you guys are going to win. The over-under, 45 and a half. Uh, what's going to happen the next time Michigan plays with the betting line, Austin? The, is, what uh, how, are, how is the betting world what betting going line? to... What? There's not going to be one. <laughs> For real, do you think there won't be one? They'll just be are, more the rest of the season? I don't believe until anything is... Uh, like unless Until or unless something is done from the Big Ten perspective or the NCAA perspective to say that this matter is under control or being disciplined, I don't believe that Vegas will take any action on Michigan games, and they may not anyway for the rest of the season just because there is legitimate concern about the competitive playing field and if it's level or not. I mean, you look at Michigan's numbers against the spread, they are outrageous. Uh, and that is, of, I think, in all the conversation about sign stealing and integrity of the game, this is the piece that's probably been missing the most because there are billions of dollars at stake in the legalized sports gambling climate. And Michigan is one of the states where you can do that on your app from anywhere. Uh, you've seen Iowa, Iowa State with issues come up with their players. And I'm not saying that this is an issue with any players involved for Michigan gambling themselves on the game, but they are impacting the outcome in a way that is insider information. And I don't think that the, I don't think Vegas or whoever, FanDuel, DraftKings, anybody else who wants to sponsor this podcast, I don't think they're interested in continuing to lose money on Michigan altering the outcome. So, Landis, you will not be dropping the Jim Harbaugh bounce back Michigan against the world parlay special next week when Michigan comes off its bye. No, they they got me the the dub last week with my my northern you. single game parlay, so we're good. Oh, we're good. oh. who's making money off Michigan? Yeah, I got a I got a phone call from my buddy Connor, and he said, "Hey, put it put it on the Wolverines this week," and I said, "You got it." Connor. Hey, I have a true story. So I, I joked when the, the Pete Thamel and Mark Schlebaugh story came out on Monday that the two tickets went unused, or four of them, one on each side of the horseshoe. There was a loyal listener to the podcast uh, named Eric, who I had drinks with at SIP on Friday night. And he, I said, was he sitting next to you? Were there empty seats? And he said, yes, there were two empty seats next to a listener on the podcast uh, or a listener of the podcast last week, and I'm like, wow, what if, what if he'd been sitting there, and this guy would have immediately told us this guy was filming Ohio yeah. State sideline the whole time? Like we could have got to the bottom of that. <sighs> mm. Man, I'm trying to think of what Landis is the horse that you would use for your fake spy betting guy name, like Connor <laughs> Stallions and Billy Clydesdale, right? It's, or I don't know, absolutely Clydesdale, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's it's a Billy Billy Shetland pony. <laughs> this, Joe Steamboat. The, uh, we could just, we could just name horses. We'll just name yeah. horses. This is a new horse naming podcast. Uh, Ohio State has not been to Madison since 2016, and as Ryan Day noted, he's never been there. He's never coached there. He's heard stories. Austin, he said on Wednesday evening, but he has not experienced it. And I asked him a question trying to figure out, like, so what does that mean for the football? 
right? So we're trying to make picks here. I think to me, I mean, I know I was tough, but I think Camp Randall in Madison and Beaver Stadium it in Penn at Penn State are the two biggest home field advantages in the Big Ten. Did you factor the home field advantage into your selection in any way, Austin? A little bit because I'm of the mindset that Ohio State's offense is going to look much better the deeper it gets into the season. I think mainly that will come back to Kyle McCord's growth, and that also ties into the offensive line. But this situation, I think it will be so loud and so hostile. And uh, the three of us talked to Josh Fryer about that on Wednesday night. Like, If there has been a concern that started at the beginning of the year with this group, it was like learning communication with three new starters working alongside Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson, and then adding that element in of a hostile crowd and like, you know, juiced up 730, uh, I guess 630 central time, like plenty of time to, to tailgate and get ready. And then the, juiced the up biggest code for drunk, right? Is that what you mean? Up that's, 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 Can we say that's, drunk on a podcast on a, on a YouTube show? Of course. I don't, yeah. I don't want to suggest that every hmm. Wisconsin fan will be drunk. I don't. So that's why like some people may have had a lot of sugar uh, oh, and not alcohol or cheese. or cheese curds. And, and I don't know. So whatever gets them ready to be loud, they've had plenty of time to do that throughout the day. And, they're back in a position where they could potentially make a run at this wide open West division. I don't think that they will, but I do think that that impacted my ultimate score prediction. And I knocked off maybe seven to 10 points from Ohio state. Just there may be a sack or a holding penalty or a false start or two that impacts Ohio state offensively. I don't think it'll impact the defense at all. It'd be quiet and you take defense on the road and it travels and all those cliches. Uh, so that didn't impact it for me on the Wisconsin side. I don't think it's a place of, a house of horrors like like Purdue and, mm -hmm. and you just try and build in spooky stuff. Like I don't think that's gonna happen. So again, we we've covered this on a couple shows this week. You know, like, yeah, Ohio State's history there in Madison is not great. It's not as bad as West Lafayette. They played some overtime games, of course, very famous loss there in 2010. But there have been like some really good Wisconsin teams that that are there. The thing about Purdue is like, man, is Purdue even that good? And they're doing this to Ohio State. These were like there were good football being played in Madison, in addition to a place that when the home team makes a big play, it feels like the stadium's uh, in the middle of an earthquake. <laughs> so you do. There's more of a football conversation here than um, than there is at Purdue. Is there something, Landis, especially looking at this total 45 and a half? Braylon Allen running the ball for Wisconsin. Braden Locke is the backup quarterback who came in last week and actually helped them. They had a real, they had a, I thought they were dead last. I mean, I, I actually like chalked down, put down their loss. And then I think I went like the next day, I was like, what they won? So they were down 21 10 going into the fourth quarter against Illinois and they came back and won. Is there anything about the Wisconsin offense? that you factored into, especially when you're thinking about the total, do you think Wisconsin's going to be able to do anything and, and put any points on the board? No, I'm skeptical of it. Um, they're, it's funny. Like they're, they're throwing the ball more in this new world where they're trying to transition to um, a style of the air raid. Phil Longo's air raid is, it incorporates more run than like a Mike Leach air raid. It's, it's sort of two schools of thought meshed into one, I, th I think, but they do pass the ball more. They're, they're like 50, 50 pass this year. And last year they were 60 40 runs. So like this is a transition for them. They also play fast, um, which factored into to my pick here. Cause I, I I do think to the question you asked, Austin, like I I think their 
will be some uh, maybe not issues, but like stuff for the offense to work out as they deal with a hostile environment. Like I don't, I don't think Ohio State's going to score every time it has the ball, but I think it's going to have the ball a lot because of the way that Wisconsin plays. They just play fast and and not very well. Um, so so I don't think this is the kind of game where Wisconsin maybe in the past might run it all the time and try to sit on the ball and limit Ohio State's possessions. I do think that Wisconsin is going to do more or less what it's done all year, which is throw the ball a lot or throw the ball more than they have and, and play at a decent clip. And if Ohio State's defense is what I think it is, it's going to get Wisconsin off the field quite a bit. So um, I factored all of that into my pick because I think if if I thought that Wisconsin was going to hold the ball, I would have gone lower with my Ohio mm. State pick. Ohio State 7-0 and overall, 4-0 in the Big Ten. Wisconsin five and two overall losses to Washington State and Iowa three and one in the Big Ten. The Brian Fremo efficiency index, nice little way of judging teams. Ohio State's number two overall in that index. They are eighth in offense and third in defense. Wisconsin is twenty eighth in that, so they're like a you know like borderline almost top twenty five team. Forty seventh in offense, twenty third in defense. Again, the line's fourteen and a half. Austin Ward, what are you picking for the Buckeyes and the Badgers? Yeah, I, I think that the talent gap has not been closed yet for Luke Fickle, and I know that 14.5 is a pretty big number on a, on the road against a team that you know is going to be well-coached and fundamentally sound. So I do think that that will impact Ohio State's uh, total a little bit, but Wisconsin just doesn't. Even with Tanner Mordecai, I'm not sure that it would have materially changed my opinion about what Wisconsin's offense can do to this really elite Ohio State defense. And Taking that on the road, I, I think that they will win comfortably. Um, if that offense takes off, I, I debated um, getting to the over if things really started connecting for Ohio State and taking the crowd out of it early. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily think that that will happen this this week. So I have the Buckeyes going on the road and winning 28-6 to six over the Badgers, and that is going to be under and a cover. Under and a cover? For Austin Ward, who, by the way, is uh, definitely doing the best of us uh, so far this year. So, so listen to him the most. But Philly Billy's back in style, man. Like just mm. when you thought um, he was, uh, he's making up. He's ascending as the Phils are descending. Wow, descending. that was unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> have to bring I, that up. I just he didn't have was, to, but he wanted to. <laughs> I just was walking for two seconds with Jim Knowles before interviews started on Wednesday, and I said, "Like, man, how about those fills?" And and you don't know what you don't want to know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Philly native Bill Landis and Philly native Jim Knowles just dealing with some stuff this week. You know, it's okay, guys, yeah. but they're dealing with some stuff, so maybe a little grace yeah, uh, is please. is on is was worthy here. Landis, what are you picking? Uh, I'm, I'm picking Ohio State uh, 31 to seven. Um, agree a lot with what Austin said. Um, Wisconsin, four of Wisconsin's seven games have gone to the under. Six of Ohio State's seven games have gone to the under. Now, I maybe you're on alert for adjustments to that, and, and maybe this total is, is more on than the total has been in Ohio State's previous games. I'm a little bit nervous about that, but I, I really have a hard time seeing Wisconsin holding up its end of the bargain, and I'm still not in a place where I can. Like I think predict that Ohio State is going to put 40 up on the road against a, a solid Big Ten defense. And that's not – I don't even say that really as a criticism of Ohio State's offense. I, I think it's it's fine if they're not a team that scores in the 40s and more like a team that scores in the 30s. Um, it's more about Wisconsin, I think. They, they had a hard time scoring against Illinois last week until 
Johnny Newton, Illinois defensive tackle who like was wrecking their stuff the entire game yeah. got ejected for targeting. And um, after he went out, Wisconsin scored 18 unanswered points and won that game. I, I can see something similar with Ohio state's defensive line happening in this game that gruesome playing really well. This is not, I think uh, a Wisconsin offensive line that we're used to seeing their left tackle. Jack Nelson's pretty good. The rest of that line, I think, can be got, and and I think like JT, especially if he's playing over the right tackle, and Mike Hall and Tyleek Williams, especially given what Johnny Newton did to Wisconsin's interior offensive line last week, might might have a big day in this game too. That just keeps Wisconsin from being able to do anything to really threaten the score. So, um, I, I maybe another slow start for Ohio State's offense, but I, I think ultimately they pull away and win comfortably. So I'm like right in the same range with you guys here, and I'm thirty to thirteen. Ohio State. So we are all three. Ohio State covers the 14 and a half, and we are all three under. So we have the same. I don't pick. like that. I don't, I don't like, that, like Doug. Austin doesn't. Re- Austin really doesn't like it. Because again, Austin <laughs> this year so far is seven and seven overall on these totals and the Ohio State spreads. Uh, Landis is five and nine. I am four and 10. Uh, on the total specifically, Austin and Landis are both three and four. I am two and five on the spread. Austin's four and three and Landis and I are two and five. So Austin, as usual, wants nothing to do with us. So we apologize (laughs) that we're glomming on to you, Austin, in an attempt to try to figure this one out. I don't like it one bit. I don't want, I would not bet this. This total, like when I initially did it, and it's one of these things, we're doing a pick show. You can't have your pick be like right on the total. It's like, well, what would you bet? It's like, well, I would pick a push. Can you bet a push? I don't know. So like, I'm like, so I was trying to figure out if I really thought, cause the line at one point was like 44, then it was 40. Like the total was 44 is 45. I was right. on. I think I was 31, 13 initially. And I was like, well, I can't be on it. So which way am I going to go? And I didn't really know. I feel better about Ohio state covering than I do about the under because Austin, there's a part of me that's like, okay, well, I don't know. Like, what Ohio State often does, yeah, it's a little tough. You respect Wisconsin. The crowd gets into it. And then, just like against Penn State, they pull away late. And there's a world where they pull away late, and it's 38-10, to 10, and it went over, and we all lose. That that The total makes me nervous, Austin. Yeah, me too. And, and that's why, not just because I knew what your score predictions were, both of you beforehand, but I was I was, I thought about it for a long time because I do think that there is – a legitimate opportunity for Ohio State's offense to keep taking the next step. And they're the ones that I'm basing that off of. For them to get a 35 to 10 game doesn't seem that crazy to me. Uh, yeah. and and you can have, you know, one weird play late, whether that's the backdoor cover against backups if the game is out of control, whether that's, you know, Ohio State's special teams giving up a score where they've been susceptible in the last few weeks. Like there are you know, I don't think Wisconsin's offense is going to score in this game, but when you're thinking about the total, are there other opp- opportunities where Wisconsin could score? And and yeah, there is. And I think if if that's where you're getting, like that's always in the back of your mind if you're going to go with the total. Like yeah. if you're close to it like you are, Doug, like you may well want to just bet the over because one of those two plays could determine it for you. I think that this one will wind up at least that's my game script this week. I probably comfortably under, so I'm not as concerned about that. But, you know, if you want to change it and make sure we're not all unanimous, I'll allow it. Let's do that. Going just against other people instead of trying to figure out what I actually think would not be a bad strategy. Well, you said you're right at 44. Like, Can I just pass? I'm going to pass on the total this week. 
<laughs> I did. So like late in that game, Landis, in the fourth quarter, you know, again, Wisconsin doesn't have a million skill guys. I think they'll start to recruit skill guys better because now they're going to have an offense that receivers are going to get to come and do more than block. So maybe they'll get some guys up there. Uh, Will Pauling and Skylar Bell for them both made some plays in the fourth quarter. I thought there were three like very nice individual catches. Um, including it, there was a touchdown. I think it was Will Pauling. I think it was his first touchdown of the year. He made one of those moves in the corner of the end zone where the ball's in the air and he just cut in front of the defensive back because the defensive mm. back drifted and he went to the ball. And it reminded me of Chris Olave against Michigan in 18. Right? Remember, that's like Olave announced, like, oh, just go get the ball. And I was like, oh, look at that Wisconsin receiver. Go get the ball. So I did. Now, consistently, I don't know, but I was like, oh, okay. Those were a couple guys in the passing game who made some nice catches, which is why I did give Wisconsin a touchdown. And that I'm nervous about the total on both sides because I think Ohio State could push it over and Wisconsin could maybe push it over. Do you feel better about the total or your spread, Ben Landis? Um, probably the spread. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you guys on the total. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a little nervous maybe that there's been a, an adjustment here because both these teams have been trending toward the under in basically every game they've played. So may, maybe this, if, if this game was a week ago, maybe this number is a little higher. Um, so I feel better about Ohio State covering the 14 and a half or 14, whatever it is that you get it. I do think Wisconsin will score a touchdown. We, we saw last year when was or Ohio State kept Wisconsin pretty much a check and then like Braylon Allen busted a run late in that game. Like I think I think that's maybe on the table if Ohio State is playing some backup defensive players late in this game, or even if it's just like comfortable and maybe there's a little bit of a of a letdown on the defensive side that allows something like that to happen. Because Braylon Allen's good, right? He's not it, stopping him is not going to be easy. Um, so, so I think that is a difficult task for Ohio State's defense. But other than that, I, I just don't know that I see much. And I don't know that Braden Locke is going to have time to throw the ball to the guys you're talking about to make those plays if like Tyleek Williams and JT and Mike Hall are going to be in his lap as much as I think they might be on Saturday. All right, those are our picks. When we come back, it's time for props on the pick show on the podcast. Doug Lamarie's Austin Ward, Bill Landis making prop bets. I didn't like any prop bets either. I didn't I didn't know what to do. The the number on Marvin, what was his he's like at one, was he 115? Yeah. For the Marvin Harrison. That's I mean, he's great, Austin, but that feels high in a world. I think last week Marvin was like 82 or something. It's like, well, that felt good. So I don't, did you, did you love the prop options for the Buckeyes this week? Uh, I didn't love the adjustments that they made. Like Cade Stover is now longer just an ATM machine, although you can still take him. And if you can get some, you know, profit boosts out there, you can still get plus odds on it. But it, it does seem like, you know, Vegas and the odds makers have sort of figured out where it's going to come from for Ohio State and they're also they're reluctant because of Ohio State's shenanigans with the availability report to put anything out for the running backs I didn't yeah maybe I'm wrong uh, and maybe you guys saw it elsewhere I didn't see anything for rushing yardage total the only person you could get for a rushing touchdown was Kyle McCord at plus 550 uh, which I was intrigued by I didn't take it um, but I think that maybe this is the week that you see a, a Kyle pile and a tush push down in the red zone. Uh, we'll see about that. But yeah, I I wanted Landis to see just more. Pushed a tush, Landis. I, for those not watching, yeah. just pushed an imaginary tush. Who's whose tush was it, Bill? Connor Stallions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a go-to answer for anything now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wanted, I wanted more, Doug. Not, you wouldn't push Kyle Schwarber's tush right now. He didn't earn that. You're too mad. I wanted yeah. more, but I think I think you're just getting nervous because you're getting closer to breaking even for the season. So now you're oh. overthinking it. I'm almost I'm I'm like in the victory formation at minus forty seven dollars <laughs> and twenty cents. I'm just gonna take a knee on every pass. Pass. I'm I'm very happy to be down. So just so people know, uh our bankrolls are just so much better than they were. Austin has won four straight weeks. $75.68, he's ahead. Landis and I have won two straight weeks, which means we're slowly crawling out of the pit that we threw ourselves <laughs> into early in the season. I'm minus 47.20. Landis is minus 86.60. And you were like minus 150 at one point, Landis. So you are scorching, man. That's right. I, I promised to to uh, be out of this hole by the time the Michigan game came around, Then I'm sticking to it. Yeah. What Michigan game? Yeah, right. Allegedly. Yeah, you won Michigan. You won money on Michigan, threw Michigan in your pit, and then used them to start to climb out. That's, That's right. How Landis works. All right, Austin. What he's going to be the last person all year to make money on Michigan. Um, <laughs> He'll be in the thirty. He's going to be in the documentary about it. How did you right. know to make that bet, Bill Landis? You got you got a tip about the seats in the horseshoe. All right, uh, number one for me, uh, because of what we talked about with the touchdown props, I wanted to get. A little more creative with it, and I wanted a little bit uh, of uh, reward and skin in the game for a big time hit. And that was looking through Wisconsin's turnover numbers. They have seven fumbles lost this year. That some of that can be chalked up, of course, like you know, but you know, fumble is a little bit of a, a luck stat sometimes. But they've also fumbled ten times total, so they got three of them back, uh, but they've lost seven. Uh, that doesn't bode well. There seems to be some ball security issues happening there. They've also thrown four interceptions, so they're they're averaging you know uh, almost one and a half turnovers per game. This Ohio State defense could certainly cause them. Josh Proctor took one back for a score. Jermaine Matthews had another. That was a garbage time situation, but they've they've proven. Uh, you also had the fumble. Tyler Williams recovered. So there's three now that I'm rattling off the top of my head. I think that's it uh, for this year. But three in seven games is pretty good. And if Wisconsin is careless with the football. Ohio State, I think, can yeah, at, at plus 500 on FanDuel, I think they can maybe make this into a nice little lucrative hit for me. And I, I like, like I said, I like their odds of being successful on defense in this game. Um, and prop number two, Wisconsin gave up 383 passing yards to Georgia Southern. And when I saw that, I thought that my head was going to explode. Uh, how, how could that occur? They've been... They've been up and down against the pass. Like teams with a pulse seem to be able to throw for 200 yards against them. Iowa did not. Uh, so let's throw that outlier uh, away. Kyle McCord has been pretty good at, pack, at racking up the yardage. Some of the touchdown stuff has been up and down, hit and miss. But uh, to put these two together to get plus odds on FanDuel, it was over 257.5 for Kyle McCord in terms of yardage, which I think is uh, well within grasp for him. And one and a half uh, touchdowns thrown. I think Marvin Harris and Cade Stover can both uh, be a factor there. Uh, and I think that Kyle McCord will pay off this single game parlay for me. Plus 122 on that nice uh, McCord parlay. And then even bigger numbers on that first one. Austin's going for the juice. Landis, what you got? Uh, as Austin said, like there's been, I think, an adjustment to what's going on with Cade Stover as he continues to be a major part of the offense. So to, to get real value for him now, I think you got to go the, the single game parlay route. So that's what I'm doing uh, on FanDuel was over 48 and a half 
receiving yards, 48.5 receiving yards, and an anytime touchdown got me to plus 240. I think anything other than 50 yards receiving for Kate is like an automatic play every week until something changes with this offense. I, I think they're probably going to get Emeka Ibuka back this week, and, and maybe that cuts into to Cade's totals here. But even when Emeka was around, I still think Cade was, was probably good for this because he can get 50 yards on two catches with the way they use him and get him out in space. And as they try to figure out their red zone stuff, I, I do think he probably needs to become more of a factor down there when they're trying to throw the ball. And maybe he's trying to do less of like this sprint out stuff or less of like the tricky rub route stuff that they tried to do last week with Carnell Tate. Like they maybe can do more of what they did against Purdue, which is just, you know, fire a, a rocket through the middle of the field to Cade and let him use his, his strong hands uh, to secure that ball in traffic. So um, I, I thought this was actually for, for a guy who's as big of a part of the offense as he is, I actually thought to this yardage and and just merely one touchdown at plus 240 was pretty good. Um, and then my second prop bet is the under in the first quarter total nine and a half. Both these teams are not very good in the first quarter. Um, Wisconsin has three first quarter touchdowns all year. Ohio State has six, but like that's mostly coming like two games. Like, they've not scored a whole lot in the first quarter either. Didn't score on the fir- in the first quarter on the road at Notre Dame. Um, didn't score a touchdown in the first quarter last week. Um, so they just start slow. And and nine and a half is not a lot of points, right? It doesn't doesn't take much to, to get you over there. But I have basically no confidence in Wisconsin's ability to score in the first quarter, and I and I still think that Ohio State is enough of a slow starting team that that I'm, I don't know that I think they're going to put two touchdowns up in the first quarter either. So I feel good about this one at minus 105 on DraftKings. Yeah, I looked at that one. First first quarter totals are always fun. The the Wisconsin tempo made me a little nervous there that you know, if if Ohio State gets an early touchdown and then Wisconsin's moving fast and punting back to them and like could they get another field goal yeah. into the first quarter, but but I also I think I think the crowd is enough that Ohio state will not come out offensively and be hitting on all cylinders right from the jump. I just think that like, Hey, like this is none of us have really been here. Silent count stuff. As you were talking about Austin, it might just take a little bit for them to like get into Josh Fryer was talking about you get into a rhythm with that sometimes, but maybe that won't happen right away in the first quarter. So I do think in the end, this is the right call on this Landis. It's just, you know, maybe Wisconsin will go so fast. They give Ohio state three first quarter possessions. Uh, The only rushing thing that was out there, right, is Wisconsin rushing stuff. And I like Braylon Allen as my first prop bet. I've, I've just always liked Braylon Allen. I think he's he's a different kind of running back. I, I, I think he's as good as any of those guys that have come through there, including Melvin Gordon, who finished second in the Heisman. There's been a lot of stuff that we've talked about that, you know, there's some there's always a great Wisconsin running back. Are they always great? against Ohio State. Not always, but there are guys who've had good games. Jonathan Taylor had at least one good game. Corey Clement had a good game. Um, There are guys who do things sometimes. And Braylon Allen last year ran for 165 against Ohio State. Now, that was included a 75-yard touchdown, as previously mentioned, late in the fourth quarter, which means he still ran for 90 yards otherwise. And so the over-under on his rushing total is 67.5 yards at minus 114 on FanDuel. I'm taking the over on that. He's gone over that in six of seven games this year. And I think he could not have a very good game and get over 67 and a half yards. If he has 19 carries for 72 yards, that's not like, oh, Braylon Allen like took over the game. That's just like, well, we've got to hand it to the running back at least some of the time. And their backup running backs out for the year. So like he's going to get 20 carries, I think. So mm-hmm. I, I actually like this one kind of a lot um, that 
you know, I do think he has a chance to run for 100, but I even think a bad game for him, he's not going to run for 31 yards, I don't think. So Braylon Allen, uh, over 67 and a half yards on FanDuel at minus 114. And then I'm going to, this is kind of taking a knee because it's a minus 215 bet. So I'm not, I'm getting back five bucks on my $10 bet because all these bets, our bankroll, what we talk about, we're making five $10 bets. Kyle McCord over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus 215. So that's what, that's where they put the line. It was at one and a half. I wouldn't bet over two and a half. I think, but I think him throwing two touchdowns, especially Wisconsin through their game winning touchdown against Illinois last week to their left tackle on a trick play. I'd make note. Ryan Day, like try to find maybe this is throw it to Caden Curry week, like Austin, throw it to someone cool down there. Did you see Wednesday night, Doug? The quarterbacks were getting in some extra throws and none of the receivers were down there. Who was catching for Lincoln Keenholz? Did you see or do I have to tell you? I saw. So every Wednesday night, we're watching guys come off the field because we're trying to figure out like who's hurt, who's walking, whatever. I never see anything. And every week I say to you guys, well, I didn't see anybody. I think there's 14 Buckeyes who aren't playing this week. And you're like, we saw them all. They were right there. We saw exactly how sweaty they were, whether they were limping, whether they were smiling, how good their hair looked. We saw everything. And I think to myself, why am I so terrible at this? How unobservant am I? So no, Austin, I didn't see who Lincoln Keenholz was throwing to. I, I didn't mean that to be a slight on you <laughs> at all, but I, I thought it was going to prove your point because you were getting up to it because it was Josh Fryer oh. catching passes from Lincoln Keenholz. Oh, okay. Is there a Josh Berm? Can you check? Is there a Josh Fryer anytime <laughs> touchdown available on anybody's book? Um, so, yeah, let's call that. Let's throw a touchdown pass to an offensive lineman, but I think over one and a half. I wasn't willing to parlay it and make it more interesting like Austin did, but I'll take my five bucks on my. Hey, when you're in the hole, you can't I'm go broke complain. taking a profit, Doug. You yeah. can't go broke taking yeah. a profit. So, so that's where we are again. Austin, way ahead at upset more than $75 for the season with our five bets of $10 every week, Linus and I. Still trying to crawl out of the hole. We'll crawl out of it one last way with our northern props next after this. All right, time for our northern bets. But uh, Berm, nice enough to offer uh, to book uh, a Josh Fryer bet for us. So we are pondering that because what Berm knows is that there is no fast. The best way to make money gambling is to take bets from Doug and Bill. So, like, that's his strategy. So he's on to something here. Uh, Austin. He's he's actually been fading you guys all year. So he's crazy rich now austin i feel i feel bad for you bro because Uh, i don't know what you're gonna pick this week because iowa is off which means you cannot be riding with your ferentz cousins so could you find a different northern bet yeah it and it seems like maybe that ride has come to its conclusion i may be done with that but i'm not done just diving into pure chaos in the west I saw <clears throat> the Sickos committee suggesting that there could it was within the realm of possibility for there to be a seven-way tie in the West. And what better way to send off this horrible division than with everybody sharing the glory this year? So hmm. how can we get there? Well, I think we need Minnesota to handle its business. If it doesn't, like I think the dream is probably dead. Um Maybe I should have combed more through the results, but there's no way that Minnesota uh, is going to lose to Michigan State. I took them with seven, but I parlayed it with Nebraska on the money line. It's weird that I, like 
where that game is and like the quality of the opponent that I still don't trust Matt Rule to cover just three. Um, but I think that they'll win. So I took those two teams in the West who both factor in potentially to the East tiebreaker. So they are worth watching for Ohio State fans from that regard. If you haven't seen that, if the round robin all leads to a three-way tie with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan, it will come down to the West opponents, both the Minnesota and Nebraska, uh, qualify for that. Nebraska on the Michigan side. And uh, if it's just Ohio State and Michigan, it will become down, like just Wisconsin against Nebraska, which is a truly bonkers way to settle any sort of tiebreaker. But anyway, I'm still paying close attention to the West. It's bad football, but it's really fun to watch. Minnesota to cover. Wait, is it? I it's think bad so. Football, but it's really fun to watch. Like hate watch it. You mean? But oh, I I love how much I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that that I t- yeah. I turned on Bill. <laughs> Bill and I were waiting to leave the horseshoe on Saturday after Ohio State Penn State, and I fired up uh, the cock to watch the end of the Iowa game, and I just was laughing after almost every single play. Like, what on earth is going on? And then you had the punt return and the crazy call. I'm like, this could only happen in an Iowa game. Um, but God bless the West Division of the Big Ten. Minnesota minus seven. Nebraska money line plus 232 on DraftKings. All right. That's that's Minnesota minus seven against Michigan State. Nebraska money line against Purdue. Uh, Landis, bring it. I want Nebraska to win the West. That'd be hilarious. Um <laughs> Colorado is uh, back uh, playing football again after a week off, and uh, they're going to lose to UCLA this week. So my uh, northern bet is a, another single-game parlay. Colorado versus UCLA. It's a big spread. I'm actually – because UCLA's offense under Chip Kelly is not maybe – I don't know. It's like consistently explosive and high-scoring as people might expect from a Chip Kelly offense, but they're pretty good, and they're at home. So like I trust Dante more more than I would if they were on the road um, because he's looked pretty shaky in a couple of big-time road games this year. So I think he's comfortable. I think UCLA just runs it down Colorado's throat because they are a good rushing team. Colorado's defense is terrible. Colorado can't protect Shooter Sanders. UCLA gets after your quarterback. The UCLA defense is actually, I think, very good, Mm -hmm. one of the better defenses in the country. And uh, I don't know that Colorado can do much against them. I know they have the explosive passing attack. I know the Travis Hunter is back, but I, I've lost like, a, I think a lot of my belief in Colorado's ability to score a boatload of points against good defenses. And I think UCLA has one. So I think UCLA covers a 17 and holds onto the ball enough for this hit to, to hit the under as well at 63 and a half. So those two combined gets me a plus 264 on DraftKings. Okay. My last one is a Washington bounce back parlay after their crazy game last week where they just looked terrible and were frankly lucky to win and their their average defense had to bail out their high flying high scoring offense that did nothing did not score an offensive touchdown last week so i i think they will bounce back against stanford and i'm doing a parlay washington minus 26 and a half i think the actual total is like 60 for the game and i didn't like that because i was worried about washington winning 59 nothing and not hitting the over so i'm gonna i'm gonna parlay that with the washington team total which is 42 and a half so that together is plus 132 on DraftKings. so i'm looking at like 41 to six 
Or no, that actually would lose. Oh, you you <laughs> need to lose. I don't think you yeah. want that one, Doug. Let's I hope, try. I hope that happens. I hope that happens. Yeah. Let's try again. <laughs> Just give and that's why I'm in a pit. On <laughs> uh, my game script, I game scripted myself straight into a loss, and I was like, you know, I really have a handle on this one. <sighs> Forty-eight to three. Maybe, there we you know, go. Like team total over forty-two and a half, minus twenty-six and a half. That'll do it. Give me another year. Well, it's only been legal in Ohio for a year. Give me like, <laughs> give me another three or four years, and I'll really have a handle on this thing. Um, all right. So, uh, Austin, you and Berm are heading to Madison. Uh, you guys were having a debate about flying versus driving. That I was like, should they text that? That'd be a good text. Like, would you fly to Madison? Would you drive to Madison? What are you guys actually doing? We're flying. I am still. I I'm like so close to just canceling the flight and driving myself. Like I actually want to would prefer to drive to this game and then bring back a bunch of new Glarus. And then, uh, you know, it would manage to do it. Don't dare me burn from behind the scenes. Like I'm, I <laughs> do it. Punk is going across the bottom of the YouTube show right now. Yeah. Well, I I'm thinking about it, but the plan is to, uh, jump on an aluminum tube and fly through the sky to Detroit where Berm will join me. We'll take the same bird over to Milwaukee. Then we'll drive to Madison where we will have uh, some road breaks and road beers. Uh, when we get there on Friday night to get ready, uh, then normal Saturday stuff. We'll have some pregame, pregame keys when we get uh, ready with the availability report. We'll have afterwards, uh, you know, a road version of the notebook, which I think is pretty cool because those are places that I've never seen. I've actually never covered a game at Camp Randall, Doug, when, Back when I was at ESPN, you know, they had six, seven people scattered around the league. And uh, so I didn't have to travel to every game, which was an adjustment, uh, as you guys are dealing with this year with the postgame show. Um, didn't love it because I wanted to go see a game there. Like the, Out of all the destinations in the Big Ten, I think this is the one that I am most excited to go see and experience. Uh, so get to do that uh, for the first time this weekend. So then the notebook and then you know, talking about seeing jump around and swaying in the press box. Uh, and then we'll have snap judgments on the road as well. So all the normal stuff from us as you guys watch uh, back in Columbus and get into the postgame show, which has been really just excellent the last few weeks. And we'll be up in the wee hours, Landis, mm -hmm. after this primetime showdown with that postgame show for everybody. Possibly in Halloween costumes. We haven't decided yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, party city. Look out, baby. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. For now, thanks to you guys for uh, joining us again on the Pick Show here. Thanks for making the podcast part of your Ohio State fandom. Throughout the week, we hope you we, uh, we're giving you guys just a wide variety of different kinds of shows to hit uh, every type of Ohio State fan. So thanks, as always, to Jeremy Birmingham for making this show work. For Austin Ward and Bill Landis, I'm Doug LaMaurice, and that was the Pick Show on the podcast. <laughs>